So is it okay if we pray, play a little game? So I'm going to say, first of all, is it okay if we play a game? Yeah. It's okay to play a game in church. It's okay. So you're, you're, this section is number one. Can you say one? one. This section is number two. Say two. two. Whoa, this has got some big, deep voices all they have. We've got two here. We've got one, two. And what do you guys, what do you guys mean? Your number? Three. All right, let's do this again. Wow. <laughs> okay, I love it. It's just the, the uniqueness of every section. Okay, so here we go. Now, this is where integrity matters. Can you say integrity matters? Integrity matters. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and no cheating. When I, when I say the, the number one, you get to open. Everybody's going to close their eyes. Not yet. When I say close your eyes. When I say number one, you're going to... Look at me when I say number one, and you're going to, to yourself, memorize what it is I'm going to show you. When I say number two, you're going to open your eyes. One closes your eyes again, and right? You're going to look at what I'm going to show you. You're going to memorize what I'm going to show you. Number three, same thing, right? So here we go. Everybody close your eyes with integrity, nobody peeking. Online, I don't know what this means for you, but here we go. <laughs> Number one only, open your eyes and look at me. Memorize what you see. Everybody close your eyes. Section number two, open your eyes. Look at me. Memorize what you see right here. Close your eyes and go to sleep. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay, everybody, everybody close your eyes. Section number three, open your eyes. Look at me. What do you see? Okay, close your eyes. Let me put it away. Everybody, open your eyes. Okay, so on the count of three, I want you to tell me what you saw, okay? One, everybody's going to say it together. One, two, three. Whoa, what just happened here? I heard two different things. Let me tell you, though, what just took place is the exercise of perspective. I have one piece of paper... And some of you saw something different based on your perspective. How many people saw an O? Raise your hand. Or zero. That's fine. How many people saw something different? It's the same piece of paper, but just on the opposite side. Right? You saw something different, but it is the same piece of paper. And like we do sometimes, we see things from another perspective, but it is the very same thing that we're looking at, but we're on two sides of it. I want to encourage you as we go through looking at the kingdom of God and looking at what the scripture says, we have to realize that the word of God is alive and active. And we, we realize that the life that it gives, sometimes we read scripture one way and then there's a circumstance in life we can read it another way. I'm just going to give you another example of sometimes how we read something, how it, our perspective is. So if I said um, this statement... I never said she stole my money. I never said she stole my money. One reader might look at this or read it this way. I never said she stole my money. Or I never said she stole my money. Completely two different meanings, right? One is we're talking about a person. She never stole my money. The other one is talking about a state. I never said she stole my money. And so it's the exact same statement, but how you emphasize it is different. 
So here's, here's the reality. When we look at scripture, we have to understand that sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to us and give us some insight or will give us some way of looking at something that might be a little different. So the kingdom of God is just like that. Remember when Jesus said, I'm saying parables, I'm saying it. Some people will understand it. Some people are just like, oh, that's an interesting story. Other people are like, oh, I get what you're saying, Jesus, about the kingdom of God is this. I get it. And so today I'm going to help us to consider that Jesus might be saying some things maybe a little differently. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and we are going to be talking about actually four parables today. If you have a pen and paper, I would encourage you, or if you have your phones, go to your notes section. I would encourage you that the Lord is going to be speaking. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to us, and you need to be able to write down and record what it is that he's speaking to you individually because he's asking us. You just didn't come here to be just like have your ears tickled. He's coming here because he wants to transform something in your life, and he wants you to apply it to your life this week. So in chapter 13, verse 31, Jesus gives another parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Then he goes on to say, he told him another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. All right. So when we look at those scriptures, we have to ask ourselves, what is he talking about? What, does, what represents what? So we have um, both talking about the kingdom of heaven is like. So he's comparing it to. Remember, faith is, well, let's just talk about this for a moment. What is faith? It's the definition of faith is from Hebrews chapter 11, I believe. Let me turn there. Hebrews I think, yes. It says, now, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, period. <laughs> I was like, I was carrying on. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith, even though it should have some evidence, should have some fruit, it is not always seen. So as we begin to talk about the kingdom of heaven or, or the kingdom of God, we realize that we're talking about a spiritual kingdom, but it plays out in a physical manifestation. It plays out in our lives. And so the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. So if anybody knows mustard seed, it's like a tiny, 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 tiny little seed. But then it says when it is planted, it actually becomes, it grows and becomes so influential in the garden that even the birds of the air will come and find shelter and rest. Have you heard faith like a, faith like a mustard seed, that term? Sometimes what is the mustard seed? Is it faith? Is it like the seed that was planted on good soil? What is that seed? I believe it's seed of receiving what it is that Jesus has for us, that, that when, we, when we take just the smallest amount of 
of faith, we, and we apply it, and we, we allow it to do what it's meant to do, what Jesus wants to do in and through our life, that our life becomes such an influence that other people can rest on the branches of our life. It is interesting that when he's talking about um, the kingdom of God, it's sometimes we think the perspective is about me and Jesus. But what if your life wasn't just about you and Jesus, it was about you and Jesus and the people around you? your family and your friends and your coworkers, and maybe they're looking for shelter. Maybe they're looking for a place to perch their life in a season of, of trouble or in a season of difficulty. And they're looking for a person of faith who's allowed that little tiny faith that was started with a decision to follow Jesus. And it grew into something that all of a sudden becomes a shelter for other people. Likewise, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, that when a woman took it and, and hid it into three measures of flour until it was all leaven, if anybody a baker here, anybody baked bread here? Any bread bakers? Really? Okay, there we go. I saw a hand. Well done. I saw another hand. Well done. So basically, you will add a very little bit of yeast. You put it into probably some warm water to get it activated. You put it into flour, and then what does it do if it's done right? It rises, it expands. So what was once small little piece of flour and salt and sugar and water and butter or lard, it all of a sudden starts to rise. The yeast has an influence, an impact on that in such a way that now, interesting, we just might say, okay, well, that just means like, like we just have some faith and it rises. What's bread for? What's bread good for? Bread is to be eaten. What's the bread? What is bread? Bread is, the, the, Jesus is considered the bread of life, right? But is bread best eaten by yourself? Maybe. <laughs> but bread is so much better when you can share it, right? And so when you can share what Jesus has been doing in your life and share that with others, they, they become sustenance, not only for yourself, but for others, what Jesus is saying about these parables is, is we understand sometimes we look at the, that we're the center of the story and the reality is we're a part of the story. You're an important part of the story, but your life is really about the lives that you touch, the influence that the kingdom of God is doing in and through you. So today, this week, or today and then this week, starting tomorrow, you're going to wake up and say, Jesus, what is my life what kind of influence does my life need to have with those around me? Is my life, is my faith in such a way, is my relationship with you, Jesus, in such a way that it can become shelter for other people? Is my life in such a way that my words are seasoned with grace and life, that as I share my life with others, that I am giving your words, Jesus, that becomes sustenance to other people, the bread of life, I'm giving you, Jesus, to other people? See, the kingdom of God is meant to expand. He didn't say the kingdom of God is like a seed that just stays there dead and dormant. Like the other parables he was talking about, that there's supposed to be an increase, some 30, some 60, some hundredfold of increase. He's looking for a fruitfulness of your life, an increase in, of your life. And what is that increase? And again, I would say the easiest way to put it is like, what is the evidence of, of those things? And you look at the fruit of your life and you have to look at the fruit of the spirit. I, I, I mention it so often, but I think it really is that simple to start saying, 
what are the evidence of the spirit of Jesus living inside of me, the Holy Spirit living inside of me, that my, my life would become evidenced of those things, more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more gentleness, more self-control, more faithfulness. You know, so, so again, if we're looking at depression, anxiety, control, bitterness, anger, rage, you know, all the things that are opposite to those things, you have to say, okay, I know I have the seed, but I want to grow in those areas. So, so if you're not there yet, you needed to say, wake up tomorrow morning, say, Jesus, help me to grow because your kingdom is meant to expand in my life for other people, for other people. It's not just about me. And it's not just about a decision to say, I just need to make a decision sometime so I can assure myself of salvation. No, the kingdom of God is meant to grow and expand in your life. And by the way, it's never stop, it will never stop growing until the last day you breathe your, your last breath here on earth or Jesus returns. Remember, Jesus says, I am looking for, when I return, I'm looking for people of faith. In other words, he's looking for evidence of the Spirit of God growing in people's lives. Okay, then we go on to the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of great value. Now, this is a really interesting one. This becomes the X and O example of how we view this um, parable. So the kingdom of heaven, this is verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is like. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is a real place, but it's spiritual. We are to live in the kingdom of heaven here and now. This is not waiting till we go to heaven. This is not like saying, okay, this is what we experience when we die. The moment that you accept Jesus into your life, the kingdom of heaven begins for you. Remember, there's two kingdoms. We talked about that last week. The kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. Kingdom of heaven and kingdom of hell. And we are, have the opportunity to live in the kingdom of heaven here and now. Heaven starts now when you accept Jesus in your life. Just like Hell can be lived here and now for people who don't have Jesus in their life. So the kingdom of heaven, which is to be lived here and now, is like a treasure hidden in a field. So we have to ask ourselves, what's the treasure? Then it says, which a man found and covered up. Who's the man in the story? Who's the man? <laughs> Who's the man in the story? Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So I, I've, I've read that scripture so many times and I've always equated it to the treasure is, is, the, um, is faith, right? It is the treasure is Jesus. So, so the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. It's like faith. It's like Jesus. We, and then we got to go sell everything that we have to, to find this great treasure, and that's scripturally relevant because we, we read that, you know, unless we're willing to um, deny ourselves and pick up our cross, that, that, that we can't be a disciple of Jesus, right? There's something about sacrificing our own wishes and our own uh, selfishness and our own pride, and we need to kill and die to those things to, and, and sell out for Jesus, right? But, but let me... Uh, 
propose something else of this story. This is the X and the O. It's the same scripture, but I'm going to give you another perspective. What if the treasure is you? And what if the man who found it and covered it up is Jesus? And when in his great joy he went to the cross and sacrificed everything to ensure that you have your salvation and a relationship with him, what would that mean to, to you to realize that you might be the treasure, this greatest treasure that he has planted? The scripture says that he plants eternity into the hearts of all men in Jeremiah 3 verse 11. It says he's planted eternity in the hearts and maybe that seed, that little mustard seed of faith is in, he's, is in each person that he's looking for. I've planted already something there and I just need somebody to acknowledge that who I am. And, and he goes, I have been seeing you from the beginning of time that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that so so whoever believes in him will not perish but have ever life everlasting life and Jesus with his great joy was willing to pay the ultimate price sell out his very life for you so he goes on very similar parable again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. And again, we would, we would typically look at that, at least I have, typically look like that and say, well, what is, is Jesus, the, the, this pearl that we have found, and then we, we will sell everything out. We sell out ourselves for Jesus. And, and he does say, count the cost, meaning it will, it will come at a cost to follow Jesus. And so there's this sense of, of selling out and, and, and giving ourselves by. And I would say that's a true interpretation, 100%. But what if we also flipped it from the X into the O to read it to this way and to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like the merchant in search of fine pearls. And maybe the merchant is Jesus looking for the lost one. The lost one who is, who is looking. He's looking for the lost one. And, and when he finds it, the pearl of great value, the person who has significant value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it and he gave his very life for just one. Would Jesus have given his life just for one? Absolutely, he would have. And I, and I wonder if not only do we see ourselves in, in that story, we see ourselves as, okay, we need to have belief in Jesus and we, we look at it that way and say, okay, I'm gonna count the cost of following Jesus. And because the Bible says, unless somebody's willing to deny father, mother, brother, sister, homes, you know, you'll have no place um, in the kingdom with me in the sense of like, we need to, this commitment to, to follow Jesus. But, but what if Jesus has been pursuing us with such great fervency and he's willing to lay it all down for you and I? And, and what that means for us, because a lot of you have already been found, Right? So you see, it's like, oh, that feels great, man. I am a great treasure. I am an incredible, glorious pearl. Feels pretty good, right? Which one are you? The great treasure? And if you're a great treasure, what are you? Think about it for a moment. I just, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Great pearl. But, but, what if you carry the same heart that the Father has for people and Jesus has for people that you began to realize that each person that you encounter is a treasure and is a great pearl that Jesus is on a quest to find? 
And that your life is like, and I think it's interesting that Jesus connects these parables, the parable of the, of the yeast and the parable of the mustard seed. And our life is to be such of, of an influence that people can find shelter and rest in it. And when we realize that, that Jesus is looking for people and inviting them to, to take shelter and rest. So you see what I'm saying? It's, it's the same scripture, but it's the X and O. It's how you look at it and the perspective. And by the way, because the, the, the scripture is alive and active, both of those are correct, probably correct interpretations. But like I said last week, hopefully you took me up on this. Sometimes I'm saying some things that aren't like the way that we've t- typically have viewed them. And I'm hoping that you go back And you say, let me do some study on this. Let me do some digging in on this. Because the scripture says that we need to test everything that somebody says. And so hopefully you're testing me. Now, I'm trying to be trustworthy for you, right? I'm trying to not give you anything that would be leading you astray. But I'm also saying, dig in. Ask the Holy Spirit, does this ring true to my heart? Does this ring true? But if, if this is true, that this is an X and O scenario, that you can read it in either way, because it's based on perspective, that when Jesus is pursuing us and we're pursuing him, and that's a, it's an equal cost. He gave his very life, and it's a cost of us following him. It's a beautiful story of a relationship. So when we talk about faith and we talk about the kingdom of God, we have to always talk about the relationship with Jesus. Would agree? Because if we do, then we just start, start talking about religious activity. And this is not, the kingdom of God is not about religion. The kingdom of God is about a relationship with Jesus who loves you. Who wants you to walk and experience the fullness that he has for you. This fullness of, of just great joy and satisfaction in your heart. And bringing just great peace. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And we just, this contented heart that makes you say, oh, it's so good to be alive. But it's not so good to be alive just so we can feed our own selfishness. It's so good to be alive so we can say, hey, there's other people that don't know Jesus that need to experience the kingdom of God. And we want to be the great mustard bush. And we want to be the the amazing bread of life that bringing Jesus into our our relationships. So I'm so excited about um, August 20th. We're going to be having a baptism service in the river but, but, I, but I, I don't want us just to sit back and wait until August 20th and say, oh, we know some people are going to be baptized. But guess what baptism is? Baptism is a response to somebody who's already received Jesus. And it's the evidence of what Jesus has been doing in their life. And they want to publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. But some of you, between now and August 20th, you're going to bring family and friends to a relationship with Jesus. And you're going to say the next step is water baptism. And be like, oh, that's like only three weeks. Yeah, because you're going to, you're four weeks, you're going to share Jesus with people. And the interesting thing is when you begin to see that Jesus is already, his heart is already seeing them as a treasure and a, and, a, and a great pearl of great value. And he's willing to give everything for him. Guess what? And eternity is in the hearts of men. Guess what? There's already a setup already taking place. There's already seeds that are being planted that were looking for us to cultivate those seeds to say, hey, let me, let me share Jesus with you. And, and we, we realize that what faith is, it's, it is a, a decision to follow Jesus, but faith is a relationship, not just a feeling. I'm going to share a story in closing with you. 
Uh, actually, a story I just heard this morning. I was, so, I was so taken by the story. So there was a young man who was in, in high school, and um, he, he had done a Christian club in school, and, and he had built, he played sports, and one of his friends was not a Christian and didn't even grow up in a Christian home, but, but became a friend with this young man. And, and in this friendship, um, this, this young man started talking about God, talking about um, who Jesus was, and, and just even his, his demeanor was different, and he, you know, lived differently. He wasn't, you know, taking into what some of the other kids were. He's being salt and light, really, to this person. Fast forward, this person um, came to Jesus in college and accredits a lot of that faith decision to the relationship he had with his high school buddy. But here's where the story gets really interesting. So not only did he give his life to the Lord, this, this friend in college probably two years ago, got baptized, is going to church faithfully, got baptized last summer, and, and he invited um, his friend to see his baptism. But, but he, he made a call last night. This friend made a call to his friend last night, and I heard this story. And he says, urgent, or like it was urgency, call me. And so they called, I think it was late at night, um, last night, and and he, he shared the story. He goes, I got invited, the friend that is, that gave his life to the Lord um, a few years back. He goes, I, I, I got invited or I, I went to this event. It was a, it was a lantern lighting event, you know, uh, where you lant, uh, right, light Japanese lanterns and put them on the water and you push them out and it's, it's beautiful. And the event was you're supposed to write things on the side of the lantern and, and release it. And so he wrote faith, uh, family, well, family, faith, friends and something else. And, and he was telling the story. And again, I'm, not, I'm hearing it secondhand. But he goes, he, he says, like, I was, I was really just really that earlier that day, I was just experiencing how much I, God has meant to my life and how my life is so changed with my relationship with Jesus. And, and, and so I was, I was at this event and why faith is so important to me. And I released it. And I was just really feeling great. And then at the end of the event, they said they invited people to come up and share what they wrote and why they wrote it. So there's an event of maybe 300 people there. And, and so, so people were supposed to get up. And, and the one guy, you know, feels like compelled, like, maybe I should get up and share something. I don't really know what he's going to share, but he's going to go up and share. And he got to the front of the stage where there, people were sharing. He didn't really see a line. People weren't really sharing. Maybe they're waiting to invite people up. And all of a sudden, the next thing he knows, he's on the platform. And then he begins to share what he's written. And part of his story is... He's sharing what God has done in his life. How he's so changed. He was a kid filled with depression, anxiety, hopelessness. And he found faith. He found Jesus through a relationship with somebody who was willing to be allow a mustard seed to grow into a bush that became branches in which somebody can rest their lives upon and say, hey, tell me about this hope that you have. So not only did he all of a sudden like, wow, what just happened? I just shared my testimony in front of 300 people. 
at a non-Christian event that people were coming up to him afterwards and it's like, tell me more. I feel like that was a little bit of leaven that just worked through a whole lump of bread. I feel like that was a mustard seed that has grown into a bush. I feel like that was the kingdom of God expanding in somebody so much so that they needed to share their faith, their testimony with somebody and say, what, what has God done in my life? I believe that's the heart of God to say, let me share with you because you are people of, of great value. You are hidden. You are treasures that Jesus realizes is hidden in the world and it is hidden and, and you, you don't even believe that you want to be found or can be found or should be saved and can be saved. And, and yet Jesus is searching for, for these great treasures and these great pearls of great price. And Jesus is, is like the the merchant who's looking for them and he's asking you and I to be people of faith, having seeds like a mustard and faith like leaven, yeast, that begins to grow and expand in such a way that our lives are impacting the people around us. And I think that's what Jesus says when he says, upon my return, am I going to find faith in the world? He's going to say, am I finding people who are, who are expressing who I am, that are inviting other people into the kingdom of God to experience his goodness and his love? Today, I want to encourage you, not only today, but remember, I've asked you to write some things down. What is God speaking to you? by your Holy Spirit today. I want you to take a few moments and think about that because, because God is speaking. His Holy Spirit is speaking. God is moving. He's doing something in and through his world, but in and through you. And he might be putting somebody in your mind. He might be saying, you know what? I know baptisms are coming up. I, I know that I've never really had the courage to share my faith before. You know, I've, I've kept my seed hidden and it's kind of not been really planted and, and I don't believe I have branches that people can, can rest their life on. And the good news is you don't have to be all of that. Jesus is all of that. You just have to realize that Jesus wants to do something in and through you. And he's looking for people who will be saying, here am I. I'm willing to be used by you, Jesus. That you don't have to do it on your own strength. You don't have to do it on your own, your own courage. That, that Like that young kid who, who just kind of found himself at an event. Who just kind of found himself on a platform. Who just kind of found himself sharing his faith. What just happened? And seeds of faith have been planted that are now going to take root and are going to be added to the kingdom. It's going to change lives. Will be greater hope, greater peace, greater freedom, greater life, greater contentment. It's going to start taking away the fear. It's going to start taking away the anxiety. It's going to start taking away the depression. It's going to start taking away 
the, the feeling of not good enough, to start taking away all the things that the enemy has tried to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus is going to bring life back into people, and that they're going to be able to experience the kingdom of God because you, because of you, because of you are going to allow the Spirit of God to flow through you, and you're going to be people of faith, allowing Jesus to use you for the kingdom of God, to see it grow and expand. Let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful that you love us so much, that we are the apple of your eye, that we're the pearl of great price, that we are the hidden treasure that you've been looking for and you found and we said yes to you. But Lord, there's so many more that want to be found, that need to be found, that they don't know how to be found and it takes people of faith, people who have a relationship with you to say, let me share with you. Let me share with you about Jesus who has changed my life. Father, this week, let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Let us see the setups that you're making in front of us because you care so deeply for every person. Your heart is that none should perish, that all might come to an understanding of who you are and that you want to bring peace to people, that you want to bring great love for people, that you want to bring great joy. And you want people to respond to the seed of faith that's been planted in each person since the beginning of time, to grow and to mature and to be found and to expand and to be known by you, Lord Jesus. You are the beginning, you are the end. You're the alpha, you're the omega. You are so good that you gave your life to us. You're so our Lord and Savior, going to the cross for our sin. You are so our forgiver and healer. You are so our deliverer, Jesus your faithful friend. You are so everything for us that in you and through you, nothing can compare. Let us be used by you this week to bring others into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.